Father in heaven, thank you so much for this week. Thank you, Lord, for the time that even now we can come and study together. Thank you for giving us the strength, the wisdom to accomplish the, the tasks for this past week, and that we can rest fully in you this day. May you please guide us, Lord, as we study now. Lead us with your Holy Spirit, O Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, the source of all our past studies as we're looking at the faith series. And so Hebrews 11, we're looking at verse 23 today. Hebrews 11:23. please turn with me in your Bibles. Hebrews 11:23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. So obviously this was speaking about the parents, not Moses and his faith. It was talking about how the parents were the ones that hid Moses for three months. Here's a quick quiz for all of you. What are the names of Moses' parents? The mom and dad. Anybody know? The mom is more famous, but the dad's name is mentioned in the Bible as well. It's found in Exodus chapter 6 and verse 20. Their names are Amram and Jochebed, okay? But look, there's some things to observe from Hebrews 11 and that passage there. They were not afraid of the king's commandments. What was the king's commandments? Well, in Exodus 1, there arose this Pharaoh that chose not to remember what Joseph had done for the nation of Egypt, which was pretty much save the whole country the whole state, the whole city. And he chose to ignore what Joseph had done. And the Israelites began to multiply. And guess what? That Pharaoh obviously got worried that these Israelites might join someone else one day to fight against them. So they made them slaves. Uh, but that didn't work. The harder they worked, the more they multiplied. God was bringing a great nation growing up there in the land of Egypt. And so this is where Pharaoh issued an order in Exodus chapter 1. Let's read verse 16 and 17. Exodus chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew woman, and see upon them the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. So these midwives, they were Israelites, they were Hebrews, but they were instructed that if you saw that it was a male, kill it. But the midwives, of course, feared God and they refused to do that. And God instead blessed them and the children of Israel multiplied even more. So what happened next? Verse 22. Exodus chapter 1, verse 22, And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. So it became an executive order, straight from the highest authority in the land, from Pharaoh himself. And look, friends, it takes courage if you want to follow Jesus. It takes courage if you want to live by faith. Going against the commandment of a king is not a small order. It's not a small thing. Look, going against the wishes of your parents, going against the order of your boss or your teacher at school, 
That's nothing in comparison to going against what? The prime minister or the king or the sultan or whoever, the government. This was a big issue. Moses' parents, look, they looked at Moses when he was born and in Hebrews 11, it said that they saw that he was a proper child. What does that mean? That word proper just means beautiful. Look, that's nothing out of the ordinary. Every parent, when the child is born, and honestly, I don't know how they always think that the, 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 the kid is covered in white or, or in red or coming out screaming, but every parent, when the kid comes out, they think that this kid is the most beautiful kid alive. So this, there was nothing really special about Moses' birth. There was nothing that, that seemed to make them to have to think this way, that, okay, Moses is destined for greatness. In fact, they already had a son. His name was Aaron. Obviously, they must have remembered the prophecies of Joseph and Abraham that we studied last week. Look, they must have been students of prophecy, that they were willing to take the risk of their own life, disobey the Pharaoh or the king's command just to keep their son alive. They were living in what we call unusual times, a decree from the king to kill their sons. Not everyone was keeping their sons alive, I guess, for fear of Pharaoh and what he was going to do to them. But we see here that Moses' parents were willing to take that risk. By faith, they saw that he was a good kid, a proper child, and what did faith do? It caused him to hide him for three months. Look, what was the prophecy that Joseph gave? Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 50 and verse 24. Look at this. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 24. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. So that was a promise that God gave. You're not going to stay in Egypt forever. No, God is going to bring you out and bring you to the land of Canaan. But look, the people kept the promise in their hearts, but many forgot it really. And they forgot really that Abraham also had a prophecy. Did you know that? God gave him a prophecy. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 15. That lines up with jo what Joseph said, and it's probably something that Moses' parents also remembered. Genesis 15 verse 13 and 14. Genesis 15 verse 13. And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. How long? Four hundred years. They would be in Egypt for four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and after sh afterward shall they come out with great substance. So Abraham, he was given a time prophecy. Four hundred years, they would be in a strange land, Egypt. And for those that were studying the prophecies, they would see and they could understand what? That God, He was about to fulfill this prophecy. And that it could have been possible that this child who was born in unusual times would be set up for the fulfillment of that prophecy. Did they know exactly? No. But they were willing to take the chance. Look, friends, I want to ask you, 
What is your part in the finishing of God's work on earth? What is your part in this world for the hastening of the second coming of Jesus? Have you looked at your life lately and wondered, God, what are you calling me to do? We are living in a sense in unusual times. Or or do you think that your life is too ordinary and that there's nothing special, so there's nothing that God would want to do through you? Why would you go against the wishes of your parents or your boss or your teacher or your friend or even the government one day as what we're studying here? Because you see how God sees. As you look into the scriptures and you recognize the winds of providence and act upon it, you understand your role in the wrapping up of God's work at the end of time. Moses' parents looked upon this child. They were living in unusual times. And so, look, we've got to save this child. We're not, definitely not going to let him perish. Maybe he's destined for something great in the Lord's work. Now let's go to Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. There went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. Look, hiding a newborn for three months is no small task, I'm telling you. The thing that babies love to do, especially the first three months, is cry. I'm tired, I cry. My diaper is soiled, I cry. I want to eat, I cry. And I'm telling you, in order to keep this son hidden so that people wouldn't come and check, is this a boy or a girl? They had to hide him for three months, morning, afternoon, evening, through the night. They had to keep watch. They had to be careful. They were being vigilant. The whole family was involved in it. And what would happen next in verse 3? It says what? That when they couldn't hide him anymore, what did they do? They built a little boat for him and put it into the river. Seriously. How would that help? That is not even a temporary fix. It would only be a matter of time before the baby would cry because of something. Whether it's too hot or too cold or he pooped or he peed or he's hungry or he's tired, the baby would have cried. But what were they thinking? What were they trying to achieve out of this? Well, that's the thing, friends, you see. He still was a pampered baby, but they were willing to try anything just to keep him alive. Even though it sounds so crazy, it was what you would look at an act of desperation, right? And it seemed unreasonable, but I'm sure that they were praying and circumstances led them this way because it was probably all that they could think of. Friends, here's the lesson that we can learn from this the faith of Moses' parents right here. We got to learn to just try. We got to learn to just try. More, More than half of success is just in showing up, just trying. You don't know what's going to happen, but just try, try everything. Yes, we should try everything, even when we think it might look silly. Just try. That's what God wants us to do. Who knows how God would work, right? 
I think many times we fail because in our mind we can't we can't get behind around the fact that this is so silly. So we don't even try. We don't even step forward and try. But Moses's family they tried. They stepped out in faith, just like Peter. He tried. He tried to walk on water. Success. At least when it comes, ah, I think in the physical world as well as the spiritual world, it's just trying. We don't know. We are not God. We don't know the future. We don't know the circumstances. We don't know the outcome from the beginning. We just got to learn to try. Put our best foot forward and give our best effort. Now, let's continue. Exodus chapter 2, verse 5. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And of course, what did she find? She found a crying baby and it stirred up what? The, the compassion of a mother, of a woman. And she, obviously, the sister came running out and said, do you want me to find a maid? And of course she did and runs home, gets the mother and the mother comes. Look. Do you think Pharaoh's daughter knew that this was the mother? Of course. But she was just being compassionate. At least that's what we're looking at from human terms. But you know what was really happening? Because they stepped out in faith, because they were willing to try, God was willing to work. And He was the one that softened the heart of Pharaoh's daughter. And to this extent, what? Verse 9, look at this. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. She knew that was the mother. As soon as she picked up baby Moses, the baby would have stopped crying. Of course she knew. But God was the one that was working. Why? Because she was willing to try. So not only did the mother get her baby back, but can you imagine this? She got paid to do the work of a mother. How amazing. This is what happens, friends, when we just simply learn to step forward in faith. How? Because of trust in God's Word. Because they were students also of prophecy. And faith, it leads us to do things that we probably wouldn't even try in the first place. The government says, kill the baby if it is a boy. I'm sure something would happen if they didn't do it, something serious against the mother or father, but yet they were willing to save the baby alive. Got problems with the Sabbath, friends? Be faithful. I don't know the outcome. Just try. Success is found in the first step, taking it by faith, trusting God, and stepping forward. Just try. How long was Moses with his mother before going to the Egyptian courts? I want to show you a quote taken from Patriarchs and Prophets 244, paragraph 1. She kept, she, this was Jochebed, she kept the boy as long as she could, but was obliged to give him up when he was about 12 years old. From his humble cabin home, he was taken to the royal palace to the daughter of Pharaoh, and he became her son. Yet even here, he did not lose the impressions received in childhood. The lessons learned at his mother's side could not be forgotten. They were a shield from the pride, the infidelity, and the vice that flourished amid the splendor of the court. Moses was with his mom for 12 
years. I want you to think of a 12-year-old that you know. My daughter's not even 12 yet. She's only nine. I know a 12-year-old. I think her name is Chloe in Dak there. Can you imagine being taken from your parents and brought into an Egyptian palace surrounded by pagan idols, pagan worship, totally different religion, totally different lifestyle, given all the privileges that you never had when you were growing up. But yet Moses, he still remained faithful. He still remembered the lessons that he had learned at his mother's side. Now I'm telling you, Jochebed went away from that river experience with the daughter of the Pharaoh with this thought. This boy, he's special. It was only then, not at his birth, but it would be then that, okay, God is saving this kid for something special. She recognized the winds of providence that were blowing upon this boy, and she did all in her power to train him for the right. Not just remember that you're a Hebrew, you're an Israelite, but remember to be faithful to God, even amidst all the pagan worship that was taking place in Egypt. Jochebed took the training of her son very, very seriously. And look, friends, do you recognize the hand of providence in your life? No man or woman's life is guided by chance. God is guiding the affairs of the world. You're here for a reason. God never makes mistakes, friends. The only question is, how are you living your life today? Do you understand God's calling in your life? Or are you just going through the motions of living a life, just following the standard norms, going, get, going to school, going to college, going to uni, get a degree, get a job, get into a relationship, get married, have kids, earn ma- more money, don't worry about money anymore, retire, have grandkids, enjoy life. These are the norms of our life. Do you know that? And many of us, we're just striving for that. That is our goal, uh, our, our, our intentions, our focus. So many of us are just caught up with the norms of life. Work a nine-to-five job. The rest of the time is mine. I need to relax. God, I'm stressed out. Don't tell me I've got to read the Bible. We're just going through the motions. Turn on a TV, turn on a laptop and watch something. Go out and just have fun with our friends. Granted, Moses' parents were not living in normal times. It's not every day that a pharaoh requests, if you have a boy, kill it. But friends, if you haven't noticed, the times that we are living in today are unprecedented. They're not normal. Prophecies are fulfilling at a rapid pace. And we are living in what you call a new normal. And honestly, I'm getting so tired of hearing those words, but it is true. People are trying to go back to normal as much as possible. The reason being is because of the financial situation. And we're scared of that. If the economy crashes, there goes my investments, there goes my house, there goes my studies, there goes my thought of finishing my degree, I'm in my final year, or I just got a job, or I don't have a job, or I got fired from my job. 
Many people want to go back to the old normal because of financial reasons, wanting to support themselves, wanting to support their normal lifestyles. But in trying to go back to the old normal, friends, maybe you're missing the need for greater faith in these abnormal times. Friends, I want to ask you again today, how are you living your life? And really, how should you be living your life today? Have you gone back to the normal life and chased for money, status, making a living? Or have you reevaluated your life and realized that it should have been lived a different way? Are you on that path already? Moses' parents, they recognized the importance of being courageous in the face of penalty from Pharaoh. It had a domino effect from their faithfulness down to the, the preservation of the life of Moses, who eventually became the one who would lead the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Do you recognize how you should be living your life differently today? In 1844, the gospel was making great strides from January to June. There were great revivals taking place. The message was, Jesus is coming very soon. People quit their jobs. They stopped going to school. I mean, what was the need for it? Jesus was coming. That was the message. And, and it was sweeping through North America. William Miller was leading the charge for this message and many people were called from the plow to preach the gospel message. Even little kids who would go to bars and they would stand on tables and the Holy Spirit would rest upon them and they would preach powerful messages to those that were there. It wasn't a normal time. But we know the story. Jesus didn't come in 1844. The date was correct, but the event was wrong. And many people would go back to their normal lives ashamed and telling people that they were not deceived by these end-time Millerite preachers. But there was a small group that didn't go back to normal life. They knew that something was different about how the way God had worked. So they went back to the Scriptures and they studied even harder. They prayed even harder and they found out that, in, that Jesus, in Daniel chapter 7 to 9, He moved from the holy to the most holy place. He did not come to the earth as they were expecting. It was from this small group of believers that chose to hold on to their faith and lived abnormal lives that they would eventually form the foundation of what we call the Adventist Church 20 years later. It was a group of people who built their faith and dared to continue pushing and not go back to normal life. And you know what, friends? God could have come shortly after 1844, but He didn't because many people turned away. They went back to their normal lives. But God, He could have come, but He didn't because people didn't hold on. They didn't learn the lessons from those abnormal times that they were going through. In, 1840, in 1840, uh, 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 falling stars and a fulfillment of, of a great prophecy in August of that year. He granted probation to us though. Not that we could go back to our normal lives and enjoy this life a bit longer. He didn't delay so that we can enjoy our Ferraris or our retirement or a nice new home or, or enjoy traveling to other countries and taking more pictures and posting up and letting people know or enjoying our married life or relationship or whatever it is. Jesus did not delay 
so that we could just go back to normal life and enjoy it more. He delayed so that more could be saved. And today we're in the tarrying time. You know, there's a story in the Bible of a king. His name is Hezekiah. And he got sick one day to the point that prophet Isaiah, he came and told him to get his house in order because he was going to die. But Hezekiah, he really prayed and he prayed so hard that he turned the mind of God and God told Isaiah to go back and says, I'm going to heal you and you're going to live for another 10 years. He granted him more time. Not that he could go back to normal life. Not that he could enjoy the life that he was living before. But what happened? That's exactly what he did. He went back to his normal life and And these Babylonians came and and they heard about this great report about this king being healed and the sun moving backwards because of him. And so they came and asked Hezekiah what was going on and instead of giving praise to the God of heaven who had healed him, he showed him all the treasures that he had in his house. Instead of witnessing to them of the true God, he showed him his pride and his life. He had forgotten that he had been living in abnormal times just a short while before that. He was destined for death and he forgot. Today, the economy is trying to go back to normal. And look, I, I, I'm hoping it'll go back to normal. A lot of people are, uh, are out of jobs and you know we can't have church in physical church. We can't meet people. People are scared to just meet up just because you've got a cough. Has life become more normal again for you? That you're almost forgetting your mission? To be a blessing to the whole world? God wants you to bless you so that you can bless others. In your desire and quest for this world to go back to normal, do we put aside our mission of what God calls us to in this new normal? To lead souls to Jesus, to witness for Him. Let's not forget that we got to live life differently for Christ because Jesus, He's preparing each of us to be instrumental in the closing work of this earth's history. And it's events like this that seemingly seem a bit further away from us now because in Malaysia, at least the lockdown is not so serious anymore. Really, everything is going back to normal. I'm talking to people and the the, the capacity of what their business was before is, is creeping up. It's not where it should be, but it's getting there. And friends, I just want to remind you, that in these quests for going back to normal, let's not forget the unusual times. And let's not forget that in those times, God's calling us to something greater, not just for a closer walk with Him. But yes, that must be part of our goal because without Him, we can do nothing. But He's calling us to a different normal from what we were used to before in our own life. And so friends, in these unusual times, let's have the faith of Moses' parents, that courage, that strength, that fortitude, that faith in God 
and His Word that not only does God call us, but He qualifies the call as well. But we've got to make the effort, friends. We've got to step forward. We've got to be willing to trust Him. Are you willing to? Are you willing to say, God, you know, maybe this past week I've been stressing too much about my business, about my work, about my money, about my life. And I'm so busy. For what? My pleasures, my selfish gains and desires. But let's remember to be a blessing to the world today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I don't want us to forget what has happened in this past few months. And some people are still suffering through it in other countries. But Lord, help us not to forget that you are calling us to a new normal, even in our spiritual life, in how we live our physical life for you. That You want us to be a blessing, O oh Lord. So Father, in our quest to get back to normal, so that our economies won't crash and things won't go from bad to worse. Help us to remember that it's not about working harder or studying harder that will make this country go back to normal. But Lord, the new normal is heaven and Jesus appearing in the clouds of glory. Please, Lord, help us to look beyond what we just see here physically. Help us to look with the eye of faith so that the life that we now live in the flesh might be lived truly and totally for you. So Lord, we just surrender our lives. We ask that you would please come in and guide each of us and help us, Lord, to allow Jesus to live in and through us by faith today. This is our earnest plea and prayer, O Lord, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.